Well, Brando, we've made it to the end of the year again. <laughs> Barely. Barely. I know it. Like fishtailing, swerving, screeching, <laughs> uh, screeching in sideways, but, uh, but we made it. Great Dive Podcast had another record year of listeners. Yeah, I know. We uh we talked about that last episode. That's um yeah. that's pleasing. Pleasing to my Great Dive Podcast ears. You know, it it does make you feel good. And an overwhelming positive overall reviews. A couple of negative Nancy's out there, but you know, you've taught me that that's okay. <laughs> I've taught you to not to not worry about, the, about embrace those, those who hate you, right? And I, I've learned. Okay, we're, we're learning who you know. Now that we've been here for a few years, three hundred shows coming up, uh, we're starting to learn. You know who our audience is, and definitely who our audience is not. So to still see those numbers keep climbing, thanks everybody out there. Basically, the cool people. They are our audience. And if you complain, oh. if you're a negative Nancy, you're an audience to the those other podcasts. Is that it? Yeah, they're probably looking for a YouTube show to watch instead of listening to us. Yeah, you don't want, <laughs> you don't want to watch a YouTube show. Life is basically a YouTube show in front of you all day long anymore. Yeah, with a whole bunch of commercials in it. Just wait till everybody has those... Story glasses on their head. <laughs> Story Constant, glasses. Constantly living in in Storyville. TikTok video yeah. your whole life. Yeah. Well, it's getting that way, isn't it? But hey, uh, now... Th- yeah, no kidding. But hey, now that Christmas is over, the, the goose has been gat. The goose has been gat? Got? Gotten? Gat. 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 I'm speaking I'm speaking old, old English. With that's a with an E. Yes. That's O L D Old English. The goose has been gat. <laughs> they should have that class in school, you would think. I majored in old English, ye old ye old bastard. Thou shalt not make maketh fun of thine. You can tell I've never had any. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I was doing some research for our you know, Christmas time show, I came across an article that is very Christmassy in the title, but it's, it's more about good diving behavior and planning. I thought it'd be a good fitting one for the end of the year for all those uh, budding new divers out there. You know, the ones I'm talking about, Brando, the ones that give those five-star reviews. You know, they, uh, they, they write in a, a really awesome review for us. Yes, this episode's for you, you five-star reviewers. You. But I found it on a Diver magazine. It's an editorial by good old Steve Lewis. I don't know if we've done a Steve Lewis story before. No, we haven't. This is our uh, first venture into the Steve Lewis kingdom of stories. This story came out a year or two ago. It's titled, How About the Rule of Scrooge and Buddha? Hmm. And I know you're a big Buddha man. 
I'm a Buddha man. <laughs> not not booty man. Buddha uh, man. Well, I can appreciate the philosophical underpinnings of the Buddhist. Uh, it's not really a religion. I don't. I don't think Buddhists call themselves call it a religion. As a matter of fact, I know that most of the uh, higher ups in Buddhism do not view it as a religion. As more as a just way of life? A path, yeah, a guide. A path, a, a guide. A guide like to uh, help you get it, what the, what you're here for. And Buddha is not a, yeah, Buddha is the awoken one. So they're striving to become awake to what it's all about. Everybody's on the path. Yes. Even the big, Even the big guy's still on the path. And everyone is a Buddha or, or has the Buddha within them. It's all it's all mindfulness within you. Yeah. The mind is everything. What you think you become. Wasn't that a Buddha? Well, I think that's like a that lot Buddha of book? a lot of different uh philosophies believe that. And it's it's really true. What you what you surround yourself with, what you think, you just become it. That's the way we operate, right? You surround yourself with goodness, usually you're gonna become You manifest goodness. You manifest goodness. Very good. Manifest. That's that's a good Buddhist word. No, the Buddhists don't own it, but they use When you surround yourself with assholes. You become the asshole. You look deep into my eyes when you say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, who you surround yourself with is it's, very important in life. Very important. It's better to travel well than to arrive. That's... that's 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 one you know uh, that you that resonate a, with a lot about yeah, like it, it's journey. focus on the journey, not the yeah. the destination. Yeah, because if you think about it, there's it's all just a journey. There's really you know these destinations are little small end goals, but they're not the goal. Goal, am I right? Right, getting there, living, doing it, being in the moment. That's the that's the goal to enjoy the moment. Rather than being stressed about the moment. Right. Very difficult to do, too, in this day and age. Ugh, There's yeah, a lot no of kidding. living in the past and living in the future and living anywhere but now. And I think a lot of divers have that as well. Is, well, yeah. You know, there there is stress underwater being in that moment. You know, it's the just live through the dive, live through the dive, live through the dive. <laughs> just <laughs> let me live. I promise. I'll, le- I'll go out and take a good class and be safer. Just let me live through this one dive. Please, please, please don't don't <laughs> let me let go of this line. Don't let me shoot to the surface again. Yeah, I, I'd be I'd be interested to know you know what people are thinking on on their dives. Well, I think it's a lot to do with a matter of being taught to fall into a trust of everyone guiding you everyone teaching you, the display on the computer doing it for you. There's very little out there telling people, you can do this yourself. Well, yeah, right, especially the the, the mainstream machine that is scuba education. Because it's really there to just get you to keep buying stuff. Oh. To, to get somebody <laughs> or something to do it for you. And then you wonder why people get too low on gas have a little emergency, and then it's an oh shit, panic, and, and go for the surface. Right, because they've never been taught how to take control of the, the you know this themselves to to be on the path of the dive and not just be focused on having completed said dive for the logbook. Yeah, 
being alive at the end of the dive is their main focus and not enjoying the whole dive, you know? Right. You know, when you when you look at your gauge to see how much air you have, that's the first clue that if you don't already know that, you're, you're not on the path. Oh, yeah. Well, that gauge... That gauge hanging at your side is really your second gauge, right? That's your backup. Right, but so many people are just taught to just, you only have to look at that when it's beeping. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's going to tell you what to do, rather than already knowing what to do and looking at that gauge for confirmation. Correct, yeah. Uh, Yeah, this beeping thing. You really don't like the beeping thing. I know. I I don't like to hear beeps when I'm underwater, really. But yeah, I remember back in the late '90s, you know, being the new budding kid at the dive shop, and I had three dive computers. I had one on my wrist. I had one air integrated one. You know, you know, my console computer, air integrated computer. And I had one strapped to my mask that was a talking. Oh, was it that Mari's? The talking dive. Oh, Mari's dive. Oh, lordy, I forgot you. So I had. And... I was trying to. I was trying to come to the determination of what what was the best and most convenient style, and and was there a difference in these numbers? I was, you know, I was really checking it all out, trying it all out. And all I remember was. Beep 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 beep. Dit 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 dit. Ascend to 30 feet. Beep, beep, beep. Stay for three minutes. One beeping, one talking, one honking. Nowadays, they're vibrating. Yeah, that sounds like a great underwater experience, you know. Beep, beep. And the thing is, is everybody in the whole goddamn ocean could probably hear those beeps going on. I mean, that's, that's the thing that I remember, like, most when you get on these boats with like a bunch of divers is that's all you hear is and that's underwater too right so much for the underwater you hear all everybody's computer going off going yeah yeah that must be nice for the fish doesn't anybody think about the fish anymore these stupid ass beeps and buzzes right it's like walking it's like going for a hike but uh, you know, with your kids, you know, in the beautiful, <laughs> <laughs> so much for saying, Mother like, Nature. Have, having your uh, having your stereo with you, you know, your right, you know, your your music, your speakers blaring away in the beautiful, serene, quiet <laughs> nature. Your speakers, you your, you mean your little people speakers? Your because I can remember that saying, making comments like that. So much for. Observing nature, because we we aren't going to observe any. <laughs> Not this loud. Right. Well, that's why you keep your your your, your kids on the the paved path. <laughs> you don't really venture because uh, you're not going to see anything. Well, that's true. How about the rule of Scrooge and Buddha? Is the title of this by Steve Lewis? Um, in you know, as opposed to like the rule of thirds is where he's going there, Brando. Okay, right? the rule of Scrooge, not the rule of thirds, which is kind of the classic go-to, easy, make it look like I know what I'm doing, 
gas plant. I use rule of thirds. Overused in many not appropriate situations. A lot of times you need better than thirds. Well, in many places, it works great. But you got to think about it a little bit more than just saying rule of thirds. Yeah, it's not just go and use the rule of thirds for every single dive. Sometimes you need to use rule of fourths or fifths, you know. You, you really need a big buffer. Right, depending on the dive. Mm-hmm. And the big thing is tackling the dive from the end game, which he touches and gives a he gives a pretty, you know, uh, elementary view of this, making it pretty easy for anybody to, to read and, and at least get an idea of the the thinking pattern starts with what you know you have to do at the end. That's how you have to gas plan. Yeah, begin with the end in mind. Uh, in other words, what do I need to have at the end of my dive, meaning at the deepest, furthest point of penetration portion of my dive? You know what I mean? Oh, can you say that in old English? In oh, thou must have ye old. No, I can't say it in old English. <laughs> he says, I can't recall which Charles Dickens character I'm misquoting. I believe it's Ebenezer Scrooge from... The novella, A Christmas Carol. But the gist is this. Income, one pound. Expenses, 19 shillings and 11 pence. Outcome, bliss. Income, one pound. Expenses, one pound and one penny. Outcome, misery. Isn't that from David Copperfield? Not A Christmas Carol. Not The Christmas Carol? Yeah. Are you debunking? I'm debunking this. Well, I think he did say he wasn't sure which... Charles Dickens it came from, but yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it? Come on, Steve. God damn it. Well, regardless, he says here, which essentially translates into don't spend more than you earn. Simple advice, which might be a little more difficult to follow in the Christmas season when the credit card usually takes a bashing, but a good way to manage your money nevertheless. And I think he's thinking, you know, just Ebenezer Scrooge was such a money miser that that was probably, it was probably old Scroogey, who was definitely the old penny pincher of the, the Charles Dickens stories. Surprisingly, he says, it's also really, really sound advice if we apply the principle to our gas supply when diving. Save a little for a rainy day. It's a great way to manage breathing gas. Now, everybody knows, though, Brando, that you have to have, you know, some gas in reserve, but my problem with this is it always waters down to the golden rule of be on the boat with 500. And, and that's and that's my, you know, that's my scuba rainy day fund is be on the boat with 500. I got to save a little bit in there. Now, but here's the thing. If you were going to go move to a a self-sufficient tropical island utopia where there was virtually zero cost of living you know it cost you a a penny a year to live on this island 500 you know however you know if rents a thousand this month 500 ain't shit right if you're looking at that reserve as like your retirement plan, that's not a good retirement plan. And that's the thing with, with diving. It's not just one number for all divers, for all dives, for all 
tank volumes. Right. Well, PSI, I mean, uh, for our uh, European people who, who use that a different system, the metric system, the, the system they use actually really deals with volume, where ours deals with a pressure, which is relatable to the volume if you know the rated size of the tank, the rated volume, right? Yeah, but doesn't over in, the, in those other parts of the world, like um, most of it, um, don't they don't they still though get in the same habit of just dumbing that down to you got to be back with forty you got to be back with forty bar? Well, yeah, right. They've still uh, dumbed it down to pressure bar is pressure again. They're not saying I need this many liters. Right, and that's really the focus that we got to have. Right, we need to have a volume. Not just a, a needle pointing at a number on the gauge that's two-dimensional. We need a three-dimensional volume based on how deep we're going. Yeah, we need to know how much gas, not the uh, reading of the gas tank. It's just like in a car, if you, whether you got a 12-gallon, a 20-gallon, a 40-gallon tank, whatever. If it's at a quarter full, it's different for each tank. Same thing with scuba tanks. Right, you're not, you're not going to cover the same distance. Exactly. That's that's what I'm getting. It's a different amount of gas each time if you are talking only in pressure and not volume. But regardless, it's still very watered down and very whitewashed in the sense of just with a broad stroke tries to cover every dive. And that's not just that it's it's not feasible. It's not practical or smart. Yeah, I hate to say it. We just said it. It's not smart. Yeah, we just said people weren't smart. You just said it. And I agreed with you. Now, at this point, it's a pretty safe assumption that most of us have heard of the cave divers' rule of thirds. Steve reminds us, one-third of your starting gas volume for the first half of the dive, swimming in, another third for the second half, swimming out, and one-third as a reserve, just in case things go pear-shaped and you need extra time to sort things out. Not only is the rule of thirds the go-to gas management protocol for cave diving, it's the widely accepted protocol for most forms of technical diving, too. I'd argue as well that with a slight modification, the rule of thirds is the safest plan for the majority of non-technical single-cylinder dives. Yeah, it's not bad. No, it's not bad, it's, and it's way better than... Go down to the red zone. Don't, don't, uh, don't get past <laughs> yeah. the red zone. Be back on the boat with 500. Yeah. Be on the boat with 500. He says, now when you suggest to the average open water sport diver that they finish their dive with around 1,000 PSI of gas left over from their starting 3,000 PSI fill, that's around 70 bar from a 210 bar fill, they will push back. The majority of them are most likely to say that following such a plan is way too conservative. And their argument is the ubiquitous, close to universal, I paid for a complete fill, and I intend to use it. <laughs> now, we've run into a couple of folks, I shouldn't say run into, but we've had the, uh, I don't want to call it the privilege, but we've dived with people like that. And they caught them running out of gas on the ascent line, too. More than a handful of times. I mean, it, it's still something that you see a ton of divers doing. And the reason you still see a ton of divers doing it, in my opinion, is because 
there's a ton of instructors teaching it to a ton more divers, right? They're not. Whoa. They don't just. They don't just That's... make a mistake and and dive that way. They're taught that way. <laughs> That's a heavy duty accusation. That's like a gigantic finger you just went and pointed at the whole industry, James. Are you putting them on notice? I, I can only say this because I've in old English. I've, say it in old English. <laughs> I've seen the old instructor teaching <laughs> said. I'm putting ye on notice. <laughs> nice. Steve says this approach would result in fewer emergency flights to the surface with nothing left in the tank but hope, and thereby rolling the dice with DCS, embolism, or the odds-on favorite, a crappy experience that scares the smiles out of everyone. There's no industry body tracking these events, but surely the come-to-Jesus experiences that occur because of running out of gas at depth result in many, many diver dropouts. Well, hell yeah. It goes to that, the whole idea that we talk about is people leave diving because they're not comfortable diving. And that comfort comes with competence and Competence is lacking. Right. Competence is lacking out there, and that's because of what you just said. The instruction is lacking many aspects of uh, proper scuba instruction. And if you're not competent with gas planning, along with buoyancy control and the ability to maintain stops on your ascent, the ability you to... You mean the essentials of diving? <laughs> uh, you mean... <laughs> what? Uh, you mean scuba diving? If you're not competent in scuba diving, you're not going to be a confident diver? Who's comfortable in the water? Exactly. Like everything you're listing is the very foundational blocks of, of scuba education. Hey, listen, I just taught him to scuba dive. It's not my fault he's not <laughs> competent in mass clearing. It's not my fault they, they can't control their buoyancy, move themselves through the water, have no idea where they're at, don't know what the instruments do, have no idea when to be back on the All boat. I did was teach him to scuba dive. It's not my fault he doesn't know how to put his gear together. What did you teach? You taught them how to buy their mask, fins, and snorkel, and possibly uh, the uh, monthly special. That's what you taught them. So it follows, then, that a much better strategy would be for the single-tank diver especially anyone planning to dive between 100 and 130 feet, that's 30 or 40 meters, to carry their own something's hit the fan gas in a totally redundant system. If it were up to me to write agency standards, I'd push for any diver venturing below 100 feet with only one first stage should be carrying a redundant gas source with its own regulator. Yeah, and I think that it's more complex than just saying that, you know, not an adequate amount of redundant gas, you know, like a spare air isn't going to do it, okay? <laughs> Thank you. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah, right, and then th there's the whole question of, you know, going to the redundant gas horse and leaving all of your, you know, your typical configured equipment where all of your donatable resources are just to go to a Hail Mary backup. Yeah. Doesn't real isn't really addressing the issue in my opinion. It's a it's a backup, but it's just like the the car analogy you had earlier, right? Everybody's got a quarter tank of gas left. Yeah. But everybody's got different size tanks. tanks. Right. And one of them has a completely redundant, you know, second 
tank, but <laughs> didn't realize it's all, I never use it, and it's old right. and rusted out and it's been leaking the whole thing. And so I go it, to switch it drags it. behind me through the whole damn trip, Yeah, much like an Octo and, and console and all the other crap that hangs off the vast majority of divers. And again, I, I feel like this is written for, you know, a lot of those new divers to think just beyond, hey, I, I, I got a tank. I have, you know, the best regulator and the, the loudest beeping, most expensive computer. I should be fine. So I get what he's saying. But there's more to the redundancy than just having a backup of gas. It's having the right amount of gas. Absolutely. And it's not difficult. No, it's not difficult. You have to be taught it. And it's not as simple as saying, be back on the boat with 500. But it's definitely not difficult. <laughs> he says, of course, even if everyone agreed with me on that, score we'd still be left with the discussion over how to carry it how often to practice using it and how much gas that redundant system should have in it or in other words you know something that you and i like to say is you have to dive regularly and often (laughs) practice practice and know yeah have a clue man and and it takes it takes time to become a solid confident and competent diver that can handle the equipment that they're carrying. It's not just keep buying more redundancy to get yourself to safety. It's actually less gear, less redundancy, and trust in yourself. But that takes a good educator, and unfortunately, it takes time. Well, I think that's the biggest thing that we've got to wipe the board clean and start over with is... You can't rush through, especially the initial training. You can't rush through it. This whole uh, idea of people getting awards for teaching the most people, all that does is give them impetus to have the fast food mentality with regard to scuba education. Right. It incentivizes quantity more students right. less time and quantity if you could boil down our show and and the things we try to say is it's quality quality education alleviates almost 99.99 percent of every little incident we've talked about he says let's look at the numbers as a point of interest my answers to the trio of questions in this paragraph before are side mount so the fiddly bits like the valve first stage spg and hand wheel are visible and easy easily reached practice using it every couple of dives until deploying the backup and emergency becomes second nature and have much more gas than you think that you need on that last point humor me for a moment and work with me through the arithmetic to discover how much gas is enough so i think what he's saying there is i mean if you're going to carry a redundant old school pony bottle idea it's safe to say side mounting it in a sling is way more intelligent than the 1990s era thinking of strapping that pony on your back behind you yeah putting it where you have difficult reaching it and monitoring it right right but i would still agree that uh, let's look at the arithmetic to know that just trusting in that extra bottle isn't the right answer no i quoted scrooge he says now i'll quote the buddha he said enough is too much And as wonderfully informative and instructive as that direction is to our outlook on life and first world consumerism, it should be painfully obvious that the Buddha never dived a lick in his whole life. When it comes to gas planning, enough is the absolute minimum. (laughs) So he's, uh, old Steve Lewis is 
given one one to the Scrooge, nothing to the old Buddha. <laughs> he says, let's say we have an experienced diver bumbling around at just about 130 feet, 40 meters, on a little shipwreck somewhere off a beautiful tropical island. Everything's fantastic for this diver and his buddy. They start their dive at the pointy end of the wreck, and after a moderate swim for five minutes, they make it to the blunt end and drop 10 feet to check out the prop and rudder. At this point, something goes off the tracks, and our experienced diver's regulator first stage misbehaves. Unfortunate, but no big deal. Right. He can bail out of the dive and share his equally experienced buddy's gas via long hose, so they head to the surface. They make it, but there's not enough gas for them to swim back the way they came or make a safety stop. And once on the surface, are surprised to learn that sharing air and ascending is a great deal more difficult from 130 feet than it was on their long-ago open-water checkout dives from 50 feet, which was incidentally the last time either of them practiced that particular skill. They're 100 feet from the dive boat, tied up to the mooring line, way over there at the shipwreck's pointy end. And I think here he hits the case that we listen to by so many divers, so many near misses and close calls that almost were bad. They got to the surface and lived but now they still they still got to get back and they got to look like bumbling buffoons and you know get rescued on the surface cuz they're they're not going to fight that wind and surface current back to the boat way over there <laughs> you know but they made it up but they had to go too fast they couldn't finish a safety stop they just barely snuck out to the surface And had they tried to do the normal ascent that they still should have, they never would have had the amount of gas to do it. And I think that's what you and I keep coming back to saying is once you know the dive you're going to do, you know that this is the ascent that I have to make. You want a gas plan so that even if you had this very emergency, you can still do that same ascent. Right. Well, yeah. The idea isn't to just make it to the surface just so that you can take a chamber ride or go into surgery for pulmonary embolism or, you know, end up in ICU. That's not the idea. The idea is you both make it up there comfortably doing a proper ascent and then uh, stopping at your prescribed depth and waiting for the prescribed time. It's not just screaming to the surface. Right. I just don't understand why we teach that, knowing what we know this day and age, why we still teach a positive, buoyant emergency ascent. I'm with you. I mean... It's it's at the root of so many deaths. This isn't 1995 anymore. This isn't even 2005 anymore. It's not 1965 either, or 1975, or 85. I mean... It, it's not 1885. It's not even 1978. <laughs> it is not even... <laughs> March of 1983. Yeah, it's not March of 2023 either. It's none of that. You know, it's like saying, uh, this is why when I take the drive across the country, I always have that quarter tank of gas, if we right, like we had before. But I've got a quarter tank of gas and I got a 10-speed bike. 
<laughs> because when my quarter tank of gas isn't enough to get me there, then I bail out to the 10 speed. Never uh, thinking of the fact like, you know, weather may be inclement. You may be in an area where there ain't no bike riding, <laughs> you know, like on a freeway. <laughs> I, I have a quarter tank of gas and this hitchhiking <laughs> thumb. Yeah, and that's, that's not, you know, when you start out with that's your plan, that can go probably a thousand different ways south and maybe only a hundred or less nor, you know, good. So in other words, you've got a good chance of things going bad in the event of an emergency if that is your plan something equivalent to i've got my thumb if my car breaks down i run out of gas i've got my thumb and that's i mean we get a lot of that we get a lot of divers that say that kind of crap i got my pony bottle i've got well, my yeah, buddy I mean, he's called pony <laughs> hey listen fellas oh this episode of the great dive podcast is brought to you by our favorite producers of ball trimmers manscape the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming are leaving 2022 with brand-new products. Persevere Cologne and Persevere Body Wash. 2023 is the year to up your hygiene game and smell amazing. And Manscaped wants to help you do so with this special offer. Use the code TGDP for 20% off of free shipping at manscaped.com. Take the leap into the new year and join the 7 million men who are already trusting Manscaped. Brando. Yeah, James. Let me ask you a question. Shoot. What's, what was your highlight of 2022? <laughs> the highlight, uh, highlight of with, <laughs> with regard to my garage? <laughs> what? <laughs> with, put it in context. <laughs> if, listen, if, uh, if, let me say, if, if the highlight of your 2022 had to do with your crotch, it was probably a pretty good twenty. I was going to say that could be a good year, <laughs> and the, or it could be a really bad year. It depends on yeah highlight. I mean, I guess that would have to be something good, right? Well, listen, twenty twenty three is on its way, and the last thing you want is to be the guy with the pubes getting in your way of making it your best year yet, Brando. So that's why <laughs> all our die buddies out there need to be using this lawnmower four the leader of the performance package. Or as I call it, the perfect package for my package. Whoa. In Old English, Jamesy. Say it in Old English. Ye old. <laughs> All I know is ye old and thine they though thou. Right, right, you, hit, hit, hit that next one. Yeah, hit that next yeah. one in Old. Hit the next one in Old English. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're killing me. Uh, well, Jamesy, this new year, thou shall shaveth thine loose pines off thy... <laughs> Thine wood is with the best tool for the job. I'm, I'm, I've got to get away from the ye old English. As long as you use ye old lawnmower 4.0, <laughs> I think you'll be fine. Yeah, you want to shave those loose pines off your wood with the best tool for the job. That's the signature lawnmower 4.0 for Manscaped. And it's here to take down every pube in its path. Bar none. Hey, what about uh, dealing with those wild weeds in your nose? And your ears, Brando. Here, look a little bit closer. I can see. You got a couple on there. Well, Manscaped, it's got you covered. Their weed whacker will change the game. Everybody out there, whack your worst weeds. Well, yeah. And I think uh, confidence. It's going to be the king in 2023. You know what else I'm confident about, James? What? Diving. Smelling like a million bucks, especially in your nether regions. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about your nether regions. 
You want those clean and smelling good. I get it. And the new Persevere Body Wash from Manscaped solves all three for the perfect addition to your daily grooming pre-dive routine. But in the shower before you leave for the dive site. Well, I think that's where it begins, right? Where does the real pre-diving grooming routine begin? It begins in the shower. Absolutely, because you you better give a good wash there if you want that condom catheter to stick when you get out to that dive site. And if you don't want to be repulsive to those you wish not to be repulsive to, well, anybody else on the dive boat. Post-dive, you you want to have, you don't want to be all stinky and musty and disgusting. You want a nice, light, Woodsy scent. That's the vibes you're sending. Like out. you're yeah. infused, with, like you've been infused <laughs> with aloe vera and sea salts the whole entire dive. Well, hell yes, and that's why the new Persevere Cologne. It's like a body wash with a light woodsy scent. You remember Woodsy the Owl? I do. He probably smelled like this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he didn't. If he did, he probably had a lot of. Uh, Female woodsies knocking on his little hoot, it's, hoot owl uh, it's, it's, hole in the wood. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure Woodsy would tell you it would take you three licks to get to the bottom of your lone pine. <laughs> was Woodsy the same owl as the uh, Tootsie Roll guy? Yes, he probably was. But that Woodsy scent it it answers the call of the wild. It leaves you smelling like a man forged from the earth. That's almost old English. Leaves you smelling like ye old man forgeth from the earth. It's also cruelty-free. Perfect. For all those sensitive kids out there. It is. It's dye-free. It's paraben-free. And it's vegan. Oh, the kids got to love this stuff. So you know you're in the right hands. Smelling right. You don't just smell good. You smell right because you're cruelty-free. Hey, everybody. 2023 is on its way. The woods are here and smell amazing. Are you ready to jump in on your next dive with old Jamesy and Brando with Manscaped? Get 20% off of free shipping with the code TGDP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping, don't forget, at manscaped.com using the code TGDP. Happy New Year to your balls, everybody. All right, Brando. Let's get back to this gas planning calculation here. (laughs) All right. How many squirts of crop preserver do you put on if you need to save some of the bottle? No, never. (laughs) Rule of thirds. (laughs) Rule of thirds. So let's rethink the situation, Steve says. How much gas would be enough for the unlucky diver to swim back to the ascent line five minutes away, make his way up to 20 feet or so? to take a five-minute safety stop, and then to surface close to the dive platform on the nice, comfortable dive boat. Or in other words, Brando... A proper ascent. How to, do a, <laughs> how to properly come up from the dive, right? I mean, right. that should be the discussion that you have with your dive buddy before you ever get in the water. This is how we have to come up. How do we make sure we have enough gas so that we can do this at the end? Now, he says... We could run through the calculations, you know the drill, resting consumption rate of N liters per minute multiplied by a factor for a depth, five add and multiplied again to account for the five minutes it would take to swim back to the ascent line and then an added volume to allow for the ascent and the very much required safety stop somewhere on the way back to the surface. My calculations make that about 40 cubic feet 
a little more than 1,100 liters of gas. And that volume does not account for a panic diver burning through extra gas or taking extra time to sort things out under stress. So more than half an 80 to get back up with two people in an emergency. Yeah, easily right there, right? I mean, I mean if you're if you're taking, you know, what he was saying earlier about like being on this shipwreck in 130 feet, five atas. Yeah. Making a 5-minute swim at five atas. And then, you know, depending on, you know, how you're calculating your ascent, I mean, if if you're, you know, moving at 30 feet per minute the whole way versus 60 feet per minute the whole way, it's going to be a different amount of time to get up to the surface. Plus your five minutes sitting at 20 feet, I mean, you're going to be, you know, somewhere between 12, 14 minutes overall. At least, and and not even taking into account you might run into currents down at the bottom you might run into low vis down at the bottom um you, you don't know what you're going to encounter so you shouldn't be planning for breathing at a resting rate you should be planning that you might have to work a little bit so that's yeah. really not not nearly enough for that kind of dive and when you look at the i mean a, a 5 minute mm-hmm. swim and then you know, a, a minute or so if you're moving at 30 feet per minute to get up to five minute swim feet. past 100 feet is a lot of gas. That's a lot of gas. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're five minutes and you're, you're breathing at nearly, I mean, an average diver breathing at nearly four cubic feet of, of gas. There's 20 cubic feet right there for one person for a five minute leg of that, that dive. And if you're carrying the typical, known everywhere around the world aluminum 80 tank mm-hmm. 20 20 minutes or 20 cubic feet out 20 cubic <laughs> feet back i mean that's it's five minutes out five minutes back with nothing going wrong and you need to get the hell out of dodge yeah because you still have to get up to the surface you still have to make it to the boat you can't stay there and you need to assume that you're going to donate gas to your buddy on that ascent. Otherwise, why the hell do you even have a buddy? Right? Or why the hell do you even have a, an alternate air source with you? Or even a game plan. Yeah. <laughs> or or if, if you don't have the gas to use it properly, why the hell did you even waste the time to do the planning? Because it looks good in front of everybody. Just any any number. <laughs> I'm doing it in old English as well. <laughs> we'll take a 12-er, multiply that by 7, put that up by 14, <laughs> give me two niners and a... And a deuce, and we'll be good and, to go. And uh, top it with an X squared. Yeah. <laughs> Steve ends this article by saying, my advice is to do the math before your next dive below 100 feet or 30 meters, and then think about the ramifications of ignoring what the numbers tell you. Following that exercise, I'm sure that you'll agree that the Buddha's advice about enough being too much simply doesn't cut it. And that old Ebenezer Scrooge should have been a dive master. I don't think that was the Buddha. I'm trying to figure out where old Steve got that quote from the Buddha because I've never heard it and I can't find it anywhere. Actually, the Buddha. In fact, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of memes that you see circulating social media with like clouds 
in a mountain. Uh, like I think sunset, Ozzy Osbourne said sunset this. over the ocean <laughs> from a beach view. Yes, and, and, and then they put a little quote. And it says Buddha, Buddha, but I don't think it was really Buddha. There's just I think it was Dave in accounting said it actually, <laughs> and then uh, but that I didn't think it sound was. very glamorous. So we, we said it was Buddha that said it, but it was really really special. I think it was the drummer from Qu- Quiet Riot that actually said it. <laughs> <laughs> it was he said right Justin? hatred does not cease by hatred but only by love that's the eternal rule that the drummer from quiet riot said that <laughs> i think they have those right, those uh, reversed right right at the ending of come on feel the noise <laughs> well there you go people every dive should start with you and your dive buddy getting on the same page with gas and knowing that the whole premise of going scuba diving with a buddy is because you might need to share gas because of an emergency. So you need a certain volume of gas to carry. And that volume is going to be determined by how deep you are, how long it's going to take you to get from the bottom to the surface. And you need to know what that volume of gas is before the dive starts. And once you hit it, you can't stay any longer. The dive's over. And and again, the, you have to take into account travel time, possible uh, hindrances or possible uh, conditions that make things difficult. So you have to take that all into consideration. And it's good to see other people echo, in this case Steve Lewis, echoing our thoughts on uh, proper gas planning and, and the fact that mainstream scuba doesn't really teach a good method of proper gas planning. They you know, the old, that old blurb in your, in your Open Water 101 book saying, be back on the boat with 500. It's just not adequate. A, it doesn't tell you how to do it. B, it's not good for every dive. <laughs> well, right. And then what we look at right now, too, is when we look at what he started with, the old rule of thirds, right? That doesn't work here either because, I mean, uh, having a thousand, even a thousand PSI left at the end isn't enough right because a thousand psi is a lot less a lot less than the 40 cubic feet because we just said that 40 cubic feet was the half of that 80 tank that you're using so the numbers don't work that's why you know uh you, you can you know have that discussion like we did earlier that it's not just thirds it's not just having a rule and you know sometimes 500 might be more than enough yeah in in reality but the answer isn't just go with that axiom and trust in it always, you have to know how much volume is that 500. And 500 is a lot different on a high-pressure 130 than it is on an aluminum 80. Yes. And, I mean, the things we're talking about, for whatever reason, you know, it's like saying the, the M word when you're teaching, you know, math. You're going to have to do a little math to learn to scuba dive. <laughs> Scares people. So it's been Wait a minute. Dumbed Wait a minute. down. Wait a minute. I <laughs> I have to be intelligent to go scuba diving? Well, it, it's it's not a prerequisite to get your certification, as we know by firsthand experience, but it could save your life. It certainly could save your life versus what the, the mass majority of the industry is trying to do is the other thing is they just want the quantity <sighs> – Mm-hmm. And they want the numbers, and it's way easier, people, for them to just tell you, "Don't learn math. <laughs> just don't, just don't let this thing beep." 
As long as this doesn't beep, you'll be fine. Almost everything we talk about, James. I mean, this encompasses a lot of areas of the uh, diving education system that's currently in place by the mainstream. Not, not all of them, but the mainstream, which is just rush them through classes, give them that card, and, and sell them more classes and sell them more gear. And we'll have lawyers write up how we can protect ourselves with this, hey, last-ditch effort, you can just you know, throw your weights off and blow to the surface. False. You can't do that. Right. And I know today in 2023, as we're coming into here next week, right, you don't have the magazines showing up at your door, you know, on a monthly basis that would sit on the coffee table for, for weeks at a time to thumb through every day, every night, every evening, like you did years ago. But there's still there's a lot of good minds out there. There's a lot of good resources out there besides just us trying to show the people out there that there's a smarter way to be thinking about how we approach the diving game. I know it can be lost in the, the, the vast sea of <laughs> bullshit that's also out there on the Internet. Uh, but there, there's good sources out there, and that's all we try to do is keep bringing to the people a smarter way to think so that you can be a smarter, better diver. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about really enjoying what you're doing, being comfortable down there. Like we say, you know, competence breeds confidence and confidence breeds comfort. They all are interrelated. They, they go together. So when you get good at something, you start to get comfortable at it. You start to really enjoy it. Yeah. And if you really, if you really enjoy diving, you're going to find the pleasure in the journey of getting smart and getting good at it. It's a good journey. It's, it's a great journey, yeah. Actually, the journey is it. That's it. You, you, yeah, you get out there and you, you get to see some cool stuff and maybe take some photos or whatever your, your uh, favorite pastime underwater is. But um, at the end of the day, it's about experiencing that underwater world. It's not about coming back up and yapping at the bar about it. Right, and in order to do the journey, you have to have the right amount of gas. For when... The little rainy day comes. That's the rule of Scrooge, everybody. Forget that rule of thirds. It's the rule of Scrooge. This Christmas season, it's the rule of Scrooge. Can we can we change it every season <laughs> to I don't know what's the next season coming up? Don't is it Easter? Um, no, Valentine's Day. The rule of love your lovey, your loving diver buddy, your lover. Make your dive buddy your lover and share your gas with them. Um, it reminds right? me of that Christmas song, Last Christmas. Last Christmas, I gave you my octo. The very next dive, you gave it away. Nice. All right, everybody. Jamesy, George Michael. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's 2022 for you. That's a wrap. Um, next week, man. Brando, we're hitting the big one. 300 episodes. I never thought. Never thought. Ever. I, 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 most people, most people in this world never thought we'd stand a chance at making it past 10 episodes, let alone You two clowns. I think we heard of Let alone a lot of 100. <laughs> Look at it. Boom. Thank you to everybody for listening and tuning in and uh, telling your friends about us and sharing the show uh, and getting us to the amount of listeners we've grown up to. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm just absolutely thrilled. And I look forward to what 2023 brings us 
to bring to you. Jamesy, you know what? This might actually be an effort to torture us because I don't know how you are. Actually, I do kind of know how you. Like, you get up every once in a while and you go, do I really need to be making this podcast? It's a lot of time, right? It's a lot of effort. It's much more than people realize, at least for me. You know, going into this, I was like, so what's it going to cost me as far as time commitment? You know, how much am I going to be spending on this quote unquote show? Yeah, we, we talk we talk into a microphone for, you know, 40, 40 50 minutes or so. Yeah, how, 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 how long how can, much it work can it be? <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, the many hours to polish up our, uh, and when I say hour, I mean my unpolished microphone out in the public voice it's very unpolished james he's much more polished anyway the effort and time needed to polish that turd uh, to quote some other people it's significant and every once in a while i'm like oh let's just give this up james let's put it let's say thanks for the memories everybody but then people keep listening and now we have this many listeners and the comments and the positive uh like we need you we need they need this pot and this that's my achilles heel and that's why i keep showing up every wednesday morning to record fantastic so it is yeah. you know it is kind of like that they're sucking us in james we're never going to be able to leave this this didn't even cross not even a fleeting moment like what if i have started something i can't like i'm beginning a heroin addiction it's no longer good for we're me. Gonna be the, uh, <laughs> we're going to be the Bob Barker of podcasts. The Alex Trebek of Scuba, scuba Podcasts. Bob Barker lived a pretty good life. I mean, those, those who don't know Bob Barker. I aspire to be Bob Barker. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for a wonderful 2022. We will see you next year. James, we really haven't left elementary school, have we? See you next year. Oh, by the way, I'm going to price out some of those long, skinny microphones for us, like Bob Barker used to have. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> nice. We have to change up. For 2023, I think we should change up our sign-off, too, James, because the same dive channel thing is getting... You're, you're over it? You're I'm over, over it. it. It was, it was you know, it was a throwback to the old, What's next? The old Batman. What's next? I would say, let's go old English, but we beat that horse to death today. <laughs> let's do something in old English. Have ye old self a grand, splendid scuba diving day. No, I don't know. We're going to have to work on a sign-off. Maybe uh, we can ask our listeners to suggest something. There you go, listeners. What should be the new Brando sign-off for 2023? Send us a message. Send us an email. Let us know. This ought to be good. Until next year, my listening friends. Blue, blue, blue.